We also want to deliver a certain buying experience, and that includes more than just, hey, I turn what we just negotiated with the supplier into a contract. I actually manage that contract for you and with you. I manage that supplier relationship with you and for you. And I, together with you, deliver the value that we believe we've negotiated into this contract. Hello, I am Matt and I have here with me my co-host Guru and we would like to welcome you all to this episode of Clause and Effect, podcast presented by Simply Contract. Joining us here today are two guests, Lisa Erson-Nixon and Patrick Falk, both of them procurement leaders within Roche, uh, one of the leading healthcare companies in the world headquartered in Switzerland. Lisa has deep experience in procurement, procure-to-pay processes, contracts, and compliance. She leads contracting excellence at Roche and heads a global team that focuses on contract records and lifecycle management within the global procurement function. She also manages Roche's supply side and R&D contracting processes and systems, so has a very deep subject matter expertise in anything pertaining to contracting in procurement. Patrick is the head of strategy and procurement transformations at Roche. Patrick has led and delivered several global transformation initiatives, mainly for large corporations, and has immense experience in anything related to procurement, strategic sourcing, category management, procure-to-pay, to list just a few. At Roche, Patrick uh, is driving the future vision and strategy of the global procurement function. And as part of that role, he manages various line organizations, including risk, contracts and compliance, and other value creating and enabling capabilities. So very broad portfolio, again, then with very deep insight into the internal operations of procurement. Lisa, Patrick, absolute pleasure that you could join us in the podcast today. And we're super excited to have this conversation and dive deep into the world of procurement and contract management today. Thanks for being here. Guru. Likewise, Matt. It's an absolute honor to have two leaders come on and join us this morning on our uh, series of podcasts. Probably I could start this, open up this conversation with some questions to Lisa and sharing her thoughts, right? Contracting excellence, that's something which is, uh, you know, really a thought leadership that Rosh has done. So I, I believe probably you are the very few leaders across the globe who set up this function and leading it. Some thoughts about that, Lisa, about, uh, uh, you know, what specific KPIs that you drive on this function and why did Rosh decide to set up this? Yeah, thank you, uh, Guru, and good morning, everybody. Um, so contracting excellence has a whole bunch of different aspects to it. So one of them is contract lifecycle management, which we're going to be talking about a bit later uh, in this in this podcast. And the other piece of it is um, contract record management. So once you have the executed contracts, how do you actually manage them and, and store them? So contracting excellence also includes things like um, training, ensuring all of our colleagues across the organization are familiar with what, what does a contract mean and why do we need it? You know, protecting Roche from different aspects. And um, I think it's a, a new organization with some new focus that we're, we're going to be working on. So it's going to be an exciting year for, for my team and myself to sort of really dive into what can we deliver for global procurement at Roche, um, but also the wider organization. And of course, it includes um, our new contract lifecycle management technology that we will be rolling out shortly. Excellent. 
Excellent. So that's that's pretty impressive, Lisa. So just to add on to that, right, uh, on my next point that I wanted to chat with you is about the importance of uh, so-called managing contracts, right? You know, the, the whole world of contract authoring, volumes, velocity, value, how do you drive it? But the core cracks come into the M of the CLM, which is the uh, importance of managing these contracts. Uh, any thoughts about or any of the best practices that uh, you uh, come across in your experience on uh, uh, given your vast background so so i guess morning everyone first um f- for me we and this not only applies to to contract management i think this is a, a bigger challenge that we have in procurement and other enabling functions that we move beyond creating uh, an analysis or a dashboard or present some figures and just some facts that we actually generate insights and do something with these insights and action on these insights. So the M for me in contract lifecycle management is probably the real value that we can generate for, for the business and for us in procurement. If I just run a great repository, if I just um, negotiate contracts well and, and sort of manage the authoring process, that gets me to a document that gets me to a milestone, but I need to move and work beyond that milestone. So what Lisa and team do is they look at that, right? So how do I create excellence in getting to this milestone? And then what do I do with this? How do I drive excellence in the management? How to deliver the value? How do I create the outcomes that I intend to with the contract, with the record I'm creating? And that, I think, requires um, a lot of investment because I think this needs a good process, it need good, needs good technology, but also needs to, I think, a strong focus on the users than the, the stakeholders, so change management. And that's why we've decided to, to invest in this. And that's why I think we're making big steps forward in delivering the value of a contract beyond just a compliance record. So Patrick, let me let me hook in on that one because I find that very interesting. And what you have managed around stakeholder management, around value creation, is a view that we don't have very often. Very often what procurement says is our role is we need to drive the tender, the sourcing events, then prepare and conduct a commercial negotiation to finalize very simplified, the price list, and then we're out, right? Everything else is the role of the adjacent functions in legal to create a contract, in the stakeholders to bring that contract to life and make sure that you get the value from the contract. So so share with us, it, it sounds like what you have just said, that you are envisioning the role of procurement and of contracting within procurement as something that is a little bit broader than what many traditional procurement functions think they should do. So share with us a little bit on how you have set up procurement within Roche as the leader of that transformation that I mentioned in my introduction to you and what you envision the role of procurement, sorry, of contracting within procurement to be. Great question. Thank you, Matt. I I think maybe a bit of a provocative statement to start with, but sort of setting the scene here. I think if we continue doing what we're doing, procurement is dead. Yeah. Because automation, digitization, to an extent, a threat of decentralization is challenging procurement status quo. 
if I continue focusing on just doing sourcing, just creating basically at best a piece of paper, a contract that documents what I've done in the sourcing process, then where really is the value at? Because to an extent that can be done by technology, more and more so very soon. Also, this can be done with technology in a self-service way by the business and more and more service providers come up that do this better because they do this at scale. Um, there are many internal functions. So procurement has to and must change if it wants to survive and really contribute to corporates as a function. And therefore, we at Roche, we've decided we invest in procurement, but invest in terms of, I think, leveraging the capabilities that we have to deliver more than just sourcing. And more for us means we have created a portfolio of values that we commit to the business. And that includes certainly savings or productivity, as we call it, no question, right? Also, Roche needs that, but it is more. It focuses on quality of supply, for example. It focuses on delivering innovation, taking care of risk and sustainability, delivering solutions to business problems, not just, hey, yeah, of course, I sourced this for you and deliver an RFP for you, but no, actually, I look behind your requests and understand your problem and sort of engineer or architect something together with a supplier to develop and deliver a solution. And I think as we are talking contracting here today, we also want to deliver a certain buying experience. And that includes more than just hey, I turn what we just negotiated with the supplier into a contract. I actually manage that contract for you and with you. I manage that supplier relationship with you and for you. And I, together with you, deliver the value that we believe we've negotiated into this contract. Yeah, the value is not a great negotiation and this thing is, is on paper and lives in the, in the drawer. It actually needs to be somewhat, needs to be delivered, right? I need to turn this into content into my in my system so you can buy against it and i need to help you to to manage this so this is i think just a, a very quick summary of what we believe the future of procurement will be we think this is a a value focused future rather than a pure ri focused future yeah how can i get more out of procurement in terms of pace or in terms of greater savings results that to me is an ROI view. Where this leads to is automation, digitization, externalization, decentralization, right? But if you want to focus on value, you need to pull other levers and allow procurement to do more. Um, and that's the route we are going. And I think um, that that is um, that is a nice segue. What you have said, right, um, around delivering the value that you have negotiated into the contract, to use your words. Um, is very much linked also to the role that you ascribe to contracting within procurement. And I would assume, and I would love to hear from, from, from you and from Lisa how you see that, I would assume, right, that 
The value does not sit just in the document. Of course, that's clear. But it sits in how you bring that document that you have signed to life in the daily interactions with your vendors, with your suppliers, with any third parties that you interact with. And that obviously is a, a multifaceted problem that needs to bring in the stakeholders, that needs to bring in the uh, suppliers, that needs to bring in the, the users. So, so how, does your, how does your contracting department within procurement help to achieve that, to bring the contract to life and drive value from that road stale document that is uh, artifact that is sitting somewhere? Uh, maybe I can I can talk from an expectations perspective, and and there are sort of multiple angles to this question, Matt. And I think that the first one is I need to have the capability to negotiate, and I think exchange ideas and work with the supplier along the contracting process in an efficient and effective way. This is one big value add of doing this well, right? It comes across as professional. It does do this in an efficient and effective way. And I think it, it makes it faster. The whole speed to market aspect, especially for life sciences companies, is super, super critical. Yeah, if I spend three weeks negotiating a term because I need to send paper across, it's not good. Not good for, for us as a company and definitely not good for the people we work for, our patients. Yeah, so I think that that's critical. Second benefit of, of doing this well to me is I have this recorded somewhere. I, ha I have this, I have the facts available. I have sort of a, a record I can work with, I can share with the business, I can, I can allow others to use. And then I think the third benefit here or the third, third focus area for me is the managing aspect. Once I've got something and everyone has agreed to it, then I can sort of manage this and really drive value out of it. And the exciting piece for me is the how do we do it? And that's, I think, where, where Lisa can add some, some excitement because that delivers, I think, the value then really. Excellent. Lisa, what delivers the value? Enlighten us. Oh, a whole bunch of different things, Matt. Um, so first of all, I'd just like to take a, a real tiny step backwards. So the contracting negotiation and compliance team in, within global procurement is actually made up of, of a lot of fantastic people. And a lot of them are actually lawyers themselves. Okay, so we have a very high delegation of authority on behalf of Roche's legal organization to actually manage global procurement's contracts as well as some other types of contracts that are not a typical um, procurement related, but do give us a seat at the table with the business. Okay. So I think having uh, also the way that our team is set up, we're set up by what we're calling hashtags today. Um, so they have an area of expertise and they're very closely embedded with the, the stakeholders, whether the, those are colleagues in procurement, but also colleagues across the business. So they understand the area of the business that we're supporting, which brings a huge amount of value. Um, and also, you know, speed and, and being able to tailor the contracts um, appropriately to, to the needs of the business and ultimately to, to our patients. I think one of the things that, that we haven't, you know, been too good at in the past is technology. And, I, you know, technology is the buzzword right now. And how can we make technology support us all? Having one system across the organization is definitely beneficial. We're coming from a fragmented, decentralized landscape. 
and moving into to one platform, um, which will allow us to have overarching visibility, not just in, in, the, in the main sites of, of Roche, but also in, in our affiliates and, and our intent to make our procurement contracts open and visible to yeah, our colleagues in the different affiliates so they can leverage them. And technology being able to, you know, move from, from sourcing over contracting into our downstream, and Patrick mentioned also the demand side of it, how can we help our stakeholders buy um, a bit more readily there? In addition, we're looking at a whole bunch of additional pieces of technology that will help uh, facilitate the management of the contracts because we do need to ensure that we are, you know, protecting the company um, we can, if we if we fail to manage them, we can lose rights, we can lose rebates, we can if we if we're not following through, we might get overcharged by a supplier. We have no idea that that's happened. Okay, so having it all in one place and being able to follow that through, and that's what part of my organisation will be focusing on, is really supporting that management of, of of those contracts and what has been agreed. Patrick, I think you also had a follow up. Yes, yes, I quickly. Uh... Uh, wanted to say a couple of words on the, the, the team in general and, and then technology also. And I've seen many procurement organizations as part of my sort of consulting background before I joined Roche. And uh, when I joined Roche, I was surprised to see the size of the team and the broad uh, focus area and deep expertise. And very quickly, I learned the significant value this team in a procurement function delivers every day. And just to give you two examples, many other life sciences companies I've worked with who had smaller teams and did not give that much focus to contracting and, and sort of contracting excellence and everything we talked about so far, struggled with getting the great output the procurement was delivering on paper and whatever then was on paper, effectively delivered and managed. Yeah, and it just doesn't work without people who have the expertise and doesn't work with the right technology. If you continue to rely on a legal function whose focus is cutting the next M&A deal or protecting the company on other fronts, you, you in procurement and the supply side to an extent always comes last. So I quickly learned this major value in terms of speed to market, advisory to the business, managing and getting the, the stuff that procurement does on the road from this team. And that's why we continued to invest in terms of growing the team, adding capability, but also adding significant technology and digital capability to accelerate. And, and I can say now, four years later after joining Rush, I'm still super excited about having this team. I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by what they do. And I'm amazed by how much the patient even feels and sees the value that this team delivers in terms of getting patients into trial faster, right? Because we also take care of contracting with, with, uh, for clinical trials. And, and that is true, I think, procurement value delivered to our main customer which is the patient and that comes from this team so one thing that you're saying right is um which is very interesting an important precursor for success in contracting excellence is investment 
investment in people with the right subject matter expertise, not only on the legalese, but also on what they're actually contributing to, the category that they are buying, the service that they are procuring and helping to contract to get what's in the business on a piece of paper. And secondly, an investment uh, into technology to help you scale that team much faster because you probably will not be able to find all the people that you need. That's very interesting. Guru, I think you also had a follow-up here. Yeah, Matt. So, you know, like you and me have been talking about it, and this is to Patrick and uh, Lisa. See, we fundamentally believe that the tool is an enabler, right? It can enable you to get the best policies and principles and practices that you have. But there's a lot of work you need to do before you start implementing any solution, right? So having come a long way uh, in your professional roles and the setup at Roche that you have, are there any uh, learnings or experiences that, Lisa, you want to share about you know, uh, uh, how did you go about implementing tools or solutions for any of these pain points that you had in business? That's a really good question. <laughs> I could talk about this for hours. Um, okay, so as I said earlier, I think we, we come from a, you know, fragmented, decentralized landscape of technology. Um, and it was because it, of the way the company was set up in the past. And that's that's how we ended up there. So we were given the opportunity to, to, to be part of the new procurement end-to-end technology and of course contracting sits right in the middle. Um, so we we did a lot of analysis of, of how we do contracts today in our current systems and what would we like the, the future technology to, to give us, okay? Roche being Roche and as well as I guess a lot of our, our colleagues in, in, other, in other organizations that are very similar, we're a complex organization. Um, we have a lot of processes, some of them depend on local site um, due to whatever financial, legal compliance uh, reasons, they need to do things a certain way. But we've tried to come up with what we're calling a global template of technology. So taking all of the fundamental elements that we can align across the organization and building those into, into the software. At the same time, one of the key things we realized was it's a huge change management effort. So a lot of people are used to working in one specific way, and they will now need to change the way of working, which of course is, is never easy for people, is it? So, you know, having to adapt and change the way you've done things for the last 20 years, or even less, is, is always hard for a human being to do. So I think that's, that was, is one of the bigger challenges is actually the process. And one thing that, that we also realize is you need to have, um, Determine the process before you fully build the technology because you can never bend the technology around 20 different processes. So you, you need that, that holistic picture and you need both things to work together. So it's, it's a challenge um, in a big organization to, to implement you know, technology that also works in the way that we're trying to do it, that it works from a sourcing event, flowing seamlessly information into a contracting uh, module of a system, but then also feeding demand management, buying channels, and whatever else it is. So we're dependent on the other sides of, of, the, of the system. Um, and that can cause, you know, some uh, discussions on how can we make this fit. So it, it's an interesting journey, and I'm super excited to actually see it go live. We've been working on this for, for a long time. But one thing is clear what we are putting live now is a minimal viable product, okay? So we will need to continuously enhance it. We're also investigating, are there other pieces of software or technology that we can attach that will help 
you know, make things easier, simpler and smoother to, to, to manage contracts going forward. Thank you, sir. That was a great set, great segue to, you know, how we were looking at technology adoption within Roche. Back to some of the cores of contract management. Uh, you know, we fundamentally believe the risk analysis of contracts from the day starts from the day you start thinking about a contract. It not necessarily comes after you sign the contract, right? Every contract when you sign starts with some bit of risk. Uh, so that leads into, uh, you know, many of the companies that we have discussed across the globe comes talks about uh, defining KPIs on contract management. And Patrick, I guess this is more close to your heart. And maybe Lisa, you know, feel free to give us your feedback as well on when you look at contract management, that's a core of a relationship between a vendor and a, a customer, supplier and a customer, right? So it's important to have this relationship track for the good reasons for both the parties, right? Do you have any views or extremely, you know, uh, different views about defining KPIs for an engagement that can be tracked through contract management? And Matt, you've been a procurement expert. Would love to hear your thoughts as well on this. One key I guess KPI that the business in particular always talks about is sort of cycle time. Um, in my translation, sort of speed to a result. Yeah, if the business comes to us, be it in the clinical trial space, so we need to uh, onboard certain sites or get patients into a program, clearly every minute counts. Um, but also, I think when we negotiate and contract with suppliers on the supply side um for us in our business we're in also every every minute counts to an extent we need to start something we want to get going and the business usually uh, engages procurement when they already have an idea that they want to do something uh, and hence time is always tight so enabling us to do this in the fastest and most efficient way is certainly a very, very critical measure of, of success and hence needs to be turned into some, some sort of a, a KPI. To me, however, this doesn't stop with the, the record in the repository being created. So you can almost argue from, from requests coming in in one way or another to us sort of closing the deal, signing the contract and sort of filing it um, is certainly one critical KPI and one measure of success. And then I think we, we need to measure, and that's something we need to create with our partner, with, with maybe some industry experts. It would be great to actually continue the dialogue, Guru, after this podcast here on this question. So how do we then measure success of managing the asset, the contract that we've created? Yeah, And, and I think there, there are multiple dimensions to this. Number one is, I think for us, really getting clarity on what is the value of this contract? Right? Is it delivering the, the performance of the supplier or of the partner we're working with? Or is it managing the compliance to certain aspects that we agreed in the contract? Or is it extracting value beyond the, the facts in the contract? So, for example, innovation, right? continuous improvement whatsoever. I think we need, to, we need to discuss this and sort of also then explore how we track this how we how we record this, monitor, and how we how do we tell a great story about this? It is a very interesting problem that you're posing. This 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 M in CLM in contract lifecycle management. Right, anything that happens after you do have the content in your repository, and you need to bring it to life. You have 
Procurement is doing a fantastic job negotiating the, the commercial side. You're bringing in contracting, you're wrapping everything together, together with your supplier. It sits somewhere. But then the challenge actually starts, right? Then it's the users who are engaging with the supplier in bringing in, procuring the services, the materials, whatever it is. They, to some extent, need to manage the relationship on the fly where procurement is not and contracting is not involved. Then you have other parties who are engaging and then you have the poor guy at the end of the line in finance who needs to say then somewhere, oh, is this the bill that's coming in, the invoice, is that actually what I should pay? Or is there something else that goes back to the contract that drives a financial implication linked to performance into my invoice? And that's a very interesting multifaceted challenge and, and, and problem to have, right? Is there any, what's your thinking here? How do you want to solve this, right? How do you want to go beyond just the, the this contract is expiring in uh, three months, so I should renegotiate it. How do you go beyond that and look into performance and translate performance into effect and impact for the company, not only on savings and productivity, but also on real value creation. What, what, what's your idea here that you have? I think there are a number of areas, and, and even though sort of just tracking expiration date and some sort of key facts and figures, um, and, and the emphasis on adjust, I think this would be already a significant step forward if we could do this in a consistent way and sort of inform procurement as well as business colleagues or stakeholders on these events coming and sort of agreeing an action plan. Because that will be proactive, that will be actually managing, back to your point, a certain risk, right, that we, for example, are out of contract and may then be even out of supply. So I think that is, is an area we need to look at. How, how do we, I guess, proactively manage some of the key facts and, and, and I guess, milestones agreed in a contract. That, that is value area one for me. Value area two is, I think, linking this to other data, information, events or things I have in my wider procurement ecosystem. If, if something happens um, in the world, like corona, Right? Or, or something else, an earthquake somewhere whatsoever, that I connect this to my, my, my critical contracts and understand what the implication for, in this case, Roche, could be, what the contract allows me to do to maybe even uh, secure additional stock, yeah, um, alert the supplier. And then the third bucket to me is managing all the aspects um, that go beyond just pure compliance and, and sort of opportunities or risk management you just talked about is um, the, the innovation, continuous improvement and whatsoever. It's, it's about enabling someone to actually do it. Procurement is very good at writing many, many things into contracts, but very poor at doing something with it. Not even the first two buckets I talked about, sort of the, the, the key facts and figures and, and sort of the, the risk aspect, but also it's, it's a focusing on the growth aspects. And, and if, if we have no ability to manage this somehow or, or get visibility, it's, it's hard to do. I can just add a couple from my, my perspective as well. So 
My part of my my team will be focusing on on really trying to look at the contracts more holistically and not just you know are they in a repository and you know when do they expire, but really trying to pull um, reports, analyze those reports in, in in a bit more detail, and then work with our colleagues in in the delivery side of the world of, of procurement to to actually manage those contracts actively with with the suppliers. Um, and the supplier relationship managers that we have in, in, you know, looking after some of our key critical um, vendors. And to Patrick's point, you know, if we have volcano eruptions or corona or whatever that means, how can we support, first of all, our supply uh, for our drugs and things like that? But also, how can we help the suppliers? You know, is there a way that we can actually collaborate um, to make sure that, that both parties are, are able to fulfill what, what has been agreed contractually? So, I think that is also going to require extra technology, um, you know, looking at being able to read the contract. So, you know, we've got thousands and thousands of contracts with suppliers. And, and do we really need a human being to read through every word of the contract to actually pull this data? So we are investigating sort of AI that, that can extract sort of keywords, sentences or whatever it is that we can get, you know, quicker um, results from reviewing those contracts and seeing what has been agreed to. I think that's one of the, the problems today. You'd need an army of people to actually read all these contracts, make notes and then compare. Um, the other, I think, added complexity that a lot of organisations face is that we often have multiple contracts with the same vendor. Um, so you actually need to sit down and analyse those and try and maybe make one or maybe two major contracts with these suppliers but, but you can't handle them if you've got 10 with the same supplier for very similar things. So I think that's one of the key things that my team is going to be focusing on in, in, in the coming months and years is, is helping, you know, put that together and say, OK, we've got 10 contracts. How can we reduce it down to one or two and actually get a benefit for the supplier? Because I'm sure they're as confused as we are with multiple contracts. <laughs> Um, but actually then get the benefit out of it. But, but technology will play a crucial part in helping extract information out of our contracts to be able to do this. I think what, 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 what I would be very interested in is uh, now you being the subject matter expert who has to do every single day with contracts and managing value from contracts. Where do you think would be the key areas where technology, where could that technology help you in the job that you have in creating value for Roche and for Roche's patients through the contracting process. So if we can get it to help us, let's phrase it that way, it would enable contract managers, for example, to focus on the strategy to make decisions based on actual data that we're gathering from our historical um, contracts. It would also allow us to do better analysis um, of existing contracts. Um, it would also help with authoring potentially or redlining. You know, if you can build it to have playbooks and the templates and you can actually trigger it, it could do that first draft for you. And again, giving you as a contract manager or an organization the time to focus on more strategic things, more value added things than just drafting, you know, a, a template based uh, contract. I think it's... Um, It's a challenge for any organization to, to free up the manpower to, to teach technology to help you. So there's always that, that moment in time where, you know, you're probably slower until you actually reap the benefits from technology. And I think the other key aspect that we all need to consider when we're looking at um, technology and supporting us in contract lifecycle management is, is, is alignment. So if we have 
you know, two, three hundred different contract templates with things in the di in different places and different words being used, technology is going to struggle to actually give you uh, clean results. So having that alignment and supporting the technology, I think, is also a key step um, right at the beginning to be able to support um, technology. But in a nutshell, it would free up people to do more strategic kind of work, more in-depth analysis, more value-adding work that ultimately will benefit our patients. And Matt Guru, if I may add to this quickly, the, 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 the two very critical points for me, beyond everything that Lisa has said, is, is automation, um, to me, is the fuel in the car or the rocket fuel in the car that I've built. Yeah? If I have a great car and everyone is sitting in it and uh, it's not getting wet, uh, but I still have to push it manually, isn't as great as if I had fuel or even rocket fuel in the car. So it allows me to scale, scale much faster, much better. I think it also, automation gives me, um, back to Lisa's last point, the ability to focus people on the more value-add stuff, but also gives people hopefully a greater experience when they work, rather than filling some of these fields two, three times or doing something repetitively, no one likes to do, yeah? And the third point here is risk management. Every human being makes a mistake, especially if you work on repetitive, sort of on repetitive tasks. If, if we can take this away, so we are, we are faster, we can scale better, we satisfy uh, our people more and give them a greater work experience. And at the same time, control risk through mistakes, fantastic. All right, let's invest. And that to me is the, the next big thing for us to really drive. Now we have the car, let's make sure we get the right fuel in it and, and really drive it. Fantastic. Great, great finishing words, I think, Patrick. Love the car and analogies. Thank you so much spending time with us today. It was a real pleasure. And we're very much looking forward to continuing to talk about this in the near future. Thank you as well. Thank you, bye. So those were some interesting observations from Lisa and Patrick, procurement leaders from Roche, who gave us their deep dive into enterprise procurement and the contracting within it. And very clearly, the value of a contract is not just in the document, it's in how you bring that document to life with the help of people, with the right subject matter expertise, technology to scale the knowledge that you have at hand, and gaining insights into the relationship with your vendor, with your partner, that's beyond just the pure numbers. That was our insightful chat with Lisa and Patrick from Roche, and we have many such interesting conversations with industry leaders in the upcoming episodes. So stay tuned and catch us on the next episode of Clause and Effect. Subscribe to the podcast and visit simplycontract.com for more information.